Welcome to River Edge Podcasts. We hope this message inspires and encourages you today. Grab your seats. So good to have you here. We, we started off in our live streaming by sitting down because we only had a, the team with us. And um, we've, God just spoke to me and said, keep doing it. He hasn't told me to stop yet. So we're keeping having a discussion because they, I don't know what it is, but this is how I think Jesus would have done it. Except he would have been laying down. I want to get a bed so I can like lay down and, and be comfortable. I'm comfortable. Are you comfortable? Healing. Healing. That, that has set an atmosphere of faith. Um, yep. Oh, that built something. That, that is something shifting, a something moment. Shifting. That is a moment. You don't know what little things are going to come your way now. The, the, the breakthrough starts, can start with little things. It can be big things, but it can be little things. Little things. Just, just declare the victory in the little things. Come on. Thank you, God. Come for the victory on. over little things. Oh. Little things. There we go. Uh, Zephaniah chapter 3, verse 15 and 17. The Lord has taken away the judgment against you. Come on. He has cleared away your enemies. The King of Israel, even the Lord himself, is in your midst. You will no longer fear disaster. In that day, it will be said in Zion, do not be afraid. Do not let your arms go limp. The Lord, your God, is in your midst. Yeah. A warrior who saves. Come on. He will rejoice over you with joy. Ooh. He will be quiet in his love. No, making no, what he means by that is making no mention of your past sins. I love that. Ooh. And he will rejoice over you with shouts of joy. I have a, a picture of God being clamorously foolish over his yeah. um, shouts of joy for us. Yeah. For you and me. How good is God? Yeah. And he's aware of the little things in your life. Um, I'm going to jump in just because you're still crying. That's good. Um, <laughs> we make the little things too little and we make the big things too big. You know, the, the stuff that we think is insignificant, we make, we just brush aside. And the stuff we think is important, we make big. Um, when it, God is trying to tell us that <coughs> the little things. My microphone. Be aware of the little things, because he's aware of every little thing in your life. Everything, everything in your life, he's deeply concerned about. Not, oh, that guy's in trouble, but he's he's deeply involved. Yeah, that's true. And he loves you. Um, he loves us. Yeah. How good. So yeah, I'm just really overwhelmed how how good God is, and and we get we focus way too much on life and what's happening at the moment, and we don't. We don't, I, I reckon some of us need to start asking better questions. Not what's China doing, what's the government doing, what's, you know, what are, what are Trump supporters doing. Um, we need to start asking better questions. God, what are you doing? What have you done that I need to catch up with now? Because God always moves and then we catch up. Um, it's called the wave of the spirit. And some of us are a bit slow in seeing the wave coming, me, me? <laughs> yeah. um, but I want to catch that wave of the spirit, it's like you've got a technology issue in your body that, um, it's, give him, give him a wired one, because he's, he needs to go old school, <laughs> <laughs> yes, oh, there we are, oh, we're back, hallelujah, yes, so last week, um, we announced the word that God, the, the statement that God gave us for the year was little things. And, and um, 
the scripture that immediately came to mind when I said to God, that's not enough. Solomon spoke of the wisdom of the mighty cedars of Lebanon and also of the hyssop that grew out of the stone walls. So he spoke about the smallest of things, a little mint um, from the mint family, hyssop is, up to these cedars that last a thousand years, that weigh 520 to 540 um, kilograms per cubic meter. This is a dense timber. It's a profound timber. Smells fantastic. There's not many. They grow up to 40 meters high. Who's, who's jumped off the Muldura Tower at the swimming pools? That's 10 metres high. Four times that. Can I be honest with you? I've never jumped. I've been too afraid to jump. There's so many things that I've done in my life. I just could not off jump that off that. I jumped off the first one and landed bad. And I just went, that's it. That hurt too much. I was only young when it happened. And then as I grew older, that fear stayed with me. <laughs> <laughs> Let's say Caution. Let's say wisdom. Yeah, yeah that's good. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Let's. <laughs> so we won't make funny. We we had not discussed what we were going to talk about, and I'm just so blown away by because I wanted to see if, God, if Adrian could hear from the Holy Spirit yes. like I do. So yes. can I say I love my brother? If, if I bag <laughs> him out, it's because I love him so much, and um, I could not imagine a better person to work alongside in the, in the ministry that we've been called to than my brother. And um, I appreciate him immensely. And he, he does more than what you, you ever know. And, and I do less than what you'd ever know. <laughs> it just sound like a hybrid. <laughs> You'll never know. Yes. He's a conniving thing. Um, <laughs> I'm sure you mean that in a good way. I love you. So that's okay. I love you too, man. Kylie um, isn't a hoarder at all. She she purges on a regular basis. Um, We're about to do that again in our house. We we do we did a spring clean. We're about to do a midsummer clean as well. I'm a hoarder. I got that from my mum. I got to tell you this. My mum, when she was cleaning out and they were moving house, she bought me a pair of wool socks, blue wool socks that were from my great-grandfather when um, she, they cleaned out his house when he passed away and they were still brand new and she kept them and she bought them to me thinking that I would want them and I'm like, what do I... And they were still in paper, in the paper bag. They still had sewn on them, the little cardboard tag and she gave them to me and I'm like, Mum, oh, you really do hoard a lot of stuff. You would not have thought that at the They're time. They're still in my drawer <laughs> at home. I've still got them there. I can't bring myself... It's the Scottish side from Grandy and it's the hoarding side from my mum. Yeah. I'm a mama's boy. Like, <laughs> really. So Kylie started collecting feathers. Like, and I see this collection of feathers growing in the kitchen and I'm like, what's going on? Like, and we've got a... a, a a bird dog, a German shorthead pointer. He loves chasing birds and hunting birds and killing birds and eating <laughs> birds. So there's opportunities to find lots of feathers in our yard. <laughs> so I'm wondering why Kylie's getting them. And then she said, God's speaking to me about the sparrows and how Jesus spoke about the birds of the air. You know, consider the birds. And um, so it's something that has God's been flavoring us and just just seasoning us with over last year and coming into this year. And so Jesus, Matthew 5, Matthew 6, Matthew 7, okay? I'm going to be this year is going to be the same as last year. You've got 2020 hindsight though. 
for what Matthew 4, sorry, 5, 6, and 7 is all about. It's his first sermon. He just realigns everything. And he says, you know, you think about the big things in life. Don't murder. And you go, yeah, I haven't done that one. He goes, no, but I say don't even have hatred in your heart. Small thing, little thing. Don't allow offense to even grow or take root in your heart. So, you know, don't, don't commit murder. And he says, I, I say, sorry, don't commit adultery. And you go, oh, yeah, I haven't done that. And you go, yeah, yeah, but I say, don't even look at anyone lustfully in the wrong way, improperly. And so Jesus was realigning things to the little things, not the big things that, oh, we're never going to do those, Jesus. It was the little things, realigning our perspective to the little things. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, yeah, yeah, a little thing. But it can grow really big and produce a lot of seed and grow more seed, trees of faith, of kingdom for other people. It's, it's, there's so much about the little things. So Jesus, after speaking about giving to the needy, about fasting, about prayer, not if you pray and if you fast, but when you pray and when you fast, that it was a part of their lifestyle that he just said, you need to do it this way. And we, we need to actually see that these are little things that we can do on a daily basis. You might go, oh, but I, I can't fast. Surely you can go without a meal and spend that time meditating on God. We didn't talk about this at all in the no. first service. So I, that's for someone here today. If you need breakthrough, look at missing a meal. Look at praying and just using that time to focus on God. And then he goes into it and he says, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. So he's saying, don't worry about what you eat and drink, and don't worry about what you're going to wear. God's got you. At the end of this, he says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all this comes after it. And he says, consider the birds of the air. They, they, don't, they don't store up. They don't have to sow or anything, but they, God looks after them. And aren't you more important than the birds of the air? And he says, and look at the, look at the flowers in the field. Look how God looks after them. That's so beautiful and that's so regally, you know, like Kylie went out in the heat of the day yesterday and picked these Cosmos. Some of you got Cosmos. Some of you have got, I don't know, what are the other ones? Dahlias. Zinnias. There are Zinnias here. See, I knew there were Zinnias here. Oh, what's this? Zinnia. Yes. And this one here is Duranta. I'm learning. I learned it. And so Jesus is saying, <laughs> consider these small things. Because not even Solomon in all his glory, in all his wealth, was clothed as magnificently as one of these. Jesus is saying, look at the little things. Consider yeah. the little things. Yeah, it's good. So looking at eating and drinking, um, it reminded me of a story that is very old, that goes right back into Genesis. And... It was about a guy who thought that he was about to die, that he'd been out hunting at Esau and his brother Jacob, and he'd been out hunting and he came in and he says, I'm dying, help me, help, you've got this nice lentil soup there, give me, give me some of your lentil soup, I'm dying. Beans. It, 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 he wasn't dying, <laughs> he was just hungry. Really, really hungry. But he didn't, he ended up, so Joseph, oh sorry, Jacob the, the word, the name Jacob means heel grabber because when Esau came out, Jacob was right behind him grabbing onto his ankle, onto his heel. Wow. 
It meant heel grabber. So it's a significant thing that that was his attitude. He wanted to be first. He's trying to drag Esau back in. He wanted to overtake him. Birth canals aren't a big thing. You know, it's hard to get to, like, birth is just a miracle of God. (laughs) And um, so he's the heel grabber, but he wanted to be first, and he valued the birthright, but Esau didn't. And so he he cared about what he was going to eat. Jesus says, don't worry about that. Your father has got you. Your father has got you. Don't overlook the little things. Don't sell off for what you think is something really important and miss the little things. So in, um, in Genesis 25, in the last verse, in 34, it says, Then Jacob gave Esau some bread and some lentil stew, and he ate and drank them and got up and left. And it says, Because Esau despised or he thought little of his birthright. He sold it off. Jacob made him make a vow and promise that he would give him his birthright. Okay, so for worrying about what he was going to eat, he sold off his birthright from his father as the firstborn to receive this inheritance. So later on, the story takes on some pretty amazing um, shifts because Jacob ends up when Isaac, their father, is dying. Well, not dying yet, but he says, I want to give my blessing to my firstborn, who's Esau, the favourite. And so he says, Esau, go out and kill something and make me that really tasty stew. Again, food. Make some. I love food, by the way. It's not about food. Make this food for me. And so he heads out. But um, Rachel is... No, Rebecca is Isaac's wife, and she, her favourite is Jacob. So Jacob's a mummy's boy, like me, the favourite. <laughs> no, there were no favourites in our family, hey? That's what you kept telling us. No, that's no, what, no, that's what, what no, they that's told true. us. They told you different. Yeah. Like, You're the favourite. <laughs> no, Carol was a golden child, I think so. wasn't she? Yeah. I think so. She did nothing wrong. How quickly wrong. it turns. We both thought that she was either adopted or we were. Because we... Very different. So Jacob goes in. His mum dresses him up in goat skin, gets some of um, Esau's clothes on, and goes in and deceives Isaac, who's yeah. blind, and gets the promise. So he comes in there and he says... You know, and he says, oh, here's your food. And he goes, wait a minute, who are you? And he goes, oh, I'm, I'm Esau. He lies about it. I'm Esau. And so then Esau, come, he goes, come forward. And he hugs him and he feels his arms and goes, oh, hairy arms. Yeah, that's Esau's arms. <laughs> Smells him and he makes this saying, he goes, ah, the smell of my son is like the smell of a field that the Lord has blessed. So he really, he really liked his son. And so then he blesses Jacob, thinking it's Esau, and he says, May God give you heaven's dew, and the earth's richness, and abundance of grain and new wine, and may nations serve you, and people bow down to you, be, and, uh, to you. Be Lord over your brothers, and may the sons of your mothers bow down to you. May those who curse you be cursed, and those who bless you be blessed. And after Isaac finished doing that, then Esau came in. Um, Jacob leaves, Esau comes in and says, Dad, here's your food. And he goes, who are you? He says, I'm Esau, your firstborn. He goes, then whose food did I eat and who who got the first blessing? Esau now is ripped up inside and he goes, but Father, bless me also. So there were always two blessings. But one was significant that Esau did not consider as being valuable. He considered it as being little until it was too late. It had gone. 
and, uh, and Jacob considered it so valuable that he would deceive his dad for it. Now, something happens here because Isaac doesn't kick him out. Esau consoles himself over this loss by saying, I'm going to kill my brother when my dad dies. He consoles himself by going, it'll all be okay when my dad dies, I'm going to kill my brother. It's all going to be fine. So Isaac hears about this and says, Esau, oh, sorry, Jacob, you've got to get out of here. Yeah. So he blesses him again. Smart. He blesses him again. Um, May God Almighty bless you and make you fruitful and increase your numbers until you become a community of people. May he give you and your descendants the blessing given to Abraham so that you may take possession of the land where you now live as an alien, the land that God gave to Abraham. And so then he goes out. Jacob leaves. He has to flee. He doesn't take anything with him. And we hear later all he had was the clothes on his back and his walking stick. He gets to this place. And he falls asleep. He didn't even have a coat that he could fold up to make a pillow out of. I don't know if you've ever slept rough or gone hiking or anything like that. But having a good pillow is something that you really appreciate when you're sleeping rough. Has anyone slept on a rock? No. Why? Who wants to sleep on a rock? (laughs) But as he lays his head on this rock, he falls asleep and has a vision of heaven. God is with him. And he sees this ladder with angels descending and ascending on this ladder. This is, does this sound wild to anyone? Like he sees this vision. And when he wakes up, he goes, behold, God was in this place. Not this special place, but God is with me. All these words that have been spoken over me by my father, all these prophecies, all these blessings, they aren't just mere words. They carry the authority and presence of God. That's why we speak of the promises of God. That's why we speak about what God is doing for us and the potential in the name of Jesus because it is the same today as it was yesterday. He's the same yesterday, today and forever. And why do we say that he doesn't respect any people? Of course he respects people, but he is not a respecter. Everybody is the same. If he's going to heal one person and provide for one person, he can heal and provide for you. If he's going to save somebody's marriage, he can save your marriage. If if, Whatever he can do for one person, you can hold on to the fact he will do the same for you. If you believe and don't doubt. Believe his word and don't doubt. Doubt is not unbelief, so to speak. Doubt is applying your faith in the wrong direction. Yeah. So he realized God's in this place. Yeah, that's God's in this place. And he gets up and he just says, you know, um, oh, in the dream, the Lord stood above him and said, I am the Lord, the God of your father Abraham and the God of, your, of Isaac. I give you and the, your descendants the land on which you are lying. Your descendants will be like the dust. So the promise that was given to Abraham is now on Jacob, the heel grabber, the deceiver, the con artist. But he valued it. He's operating in the flesh, but he saw the value of these promises. So... Um, at the end of this, when he wakes up and he goes, this is God, and he anoints the rock, and, he, and this, this stone was actually taken by Israel everywhere they went. It's now in Scotland. It was under the, the coronation seat in Westminster Abbey for a long time, but it's been given back to Scotland because that's where it went to. Supposedly, when um, Jeremiah fled with the, last king, the, the daughter of Zedekiah, the last king of Israel. So wow. I don't know. 
It's church history. It's the history of stuff. Um, go look it up. I may be telling you a falsity here. You know, <laughs> but it's there. The, the stone of scone. Yeah, it is. So jo- Jacob wakes up and he makes this vow and he says, "If God, if you will be with me and watch over me on this journey I'm taking, and if you it's- will give me food to eat." And clothes to wear, Jesus said, don't worry about what you'll eat. Don't worry about what you'll wear. All he had was a stick and the clothes on his back. He says, if you do this and I return safely, you look after me and you're my... He says, you will be my God and whatever you put in my hand, whatever you bring to me, I will give a tenth of it back to you. So many people think that the tithe, what we consider the tithe in church today is of the law of Moses. No, 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 no. Abraham did it when he met Melchizedek, the king of Salem. Jacob right here, after he had this encounter with God, says, whatever you give me, I will be honourable in this. I make a vow. I will give a tenth back to you. Number one, can I just say, God doesn't need your money, but he needs your obedience. He needs your generosity. He needs to do a work in our hearts so that money isn't our number one. Because the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Greed is one of the most destructive elements that are on the planet today. It's destroying families. It's destroying our planet. We're covered in plastic because of greed. We're covered in, you know, oil because of greed. Let's not get off track. And then the story goes on to say he goes and works for seven years to get his wife and then Laban, his, his uncle, cons him and gives him Leah instead of Rachel and then he works another seven years and gets Rachel. He ends up working 20 years for his uncle and during that time he didn't really get much of a reward but then God blesses him yeah. and then Laban sees that God is blessing him so much that he got, his attitude towards him changed. So, so um, Jacob yes. gets... Flees in the night, heads off with his family and takes off to go back to Isaac's house. On his way, he thinks Esau's going to kill me. Esau, after 20 years, I don't know if this is sorted out. This, if, if this little hatred is now turned into a big hatred. Yeah. You've got to remember, he did not get the birthright even though Esau had sold it to him. He didn't get the inheritance from Isaac. Esau got that. But he still got an inheritance from God. Yeah. Because when he's coming back, he had all this wealth with him. And so when he's going back, he sends Leah out in front with all these, all these goats, all these sheep, all these camels as a, as a gift for Esau. And he says, when you meet him, say, this is from your servant, Jacob. And then he sends Rachel out with all the kids. So, you know, you've got Reuben, Simeon, Levi, Gad, Ad, Asher, um, Levi, Judah, I said Levi twice. Um, Let's stop there. (laughs) You wouldn't believe how empty your head gets up here when you're talking to people. So they get back and he gets, sends them all out in front of him. And when they've all left him, he goes to sleep again. And then this guy turns up and starts fighting with him in the night. Is that weird? Like, he goes to sleep, this guy's gone, and this guy starts fighting him, just turns up and starts fighting with him in the night. Now, it's quite profound because after the first service, somebody came up to me and said, I I just got this revelation, so I'm going to share this revelation with you because I hadn't seen this before. So um, Jacob, in, in chapter 32, 
Verse 24, it says, So Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him till daybreak. When the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of his hip so that the, his hip was wrenched And as he wrestled with the man. Then uh, the man said, let me go, for it is daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. And the man asked him, what is your name? Jacob, he answered. Then the man said, your name will no longer be Jacob, but it will be Israel. One who contends with God, but also means a company, a, a, a group. Remember the prophecy that was given to him by Isaac? You will be a company. And your, your family. And so he, and it, he kept on, because you struggle with God and, and men and have overcome. And Jacob said, said, please tell me your name. And the man replied, why do you ask me my name? Then he blessed him. Then the sun rose above him as he passed. And he went limping on his way because of his hip. Now, we've been talking about endoskeletons and exoskeletons. Exoskeletons are crustaceans, are insects, uh, spiders, ants, all those type of things, beetles. They have it um, on the outside. I'm trying to poison these meat ants in my paddocks because they're eating, they keep coming in from the neighbours and, and I've got to use a poison that goes through their exoskeleton. We're endoskeletal beings. So when you read in Romans, do not um, operate or function in accordance with the pattern of this world, but be transformed on the inside. We're meant to be changed on the inside to the outside. The Holy Spirit does his work on the inside, so our outside changes. That's why when people come in here and they say, oh, but I've got this sin and I've got that sin, we say, don't worry about it. The Holy Spirit will work that out. Don't worry about these things. God will sort those out because it's not up to us to condemn. Nothing. Those that are in Christ Jesus, there is no condemnation. Okay, there is the sign of fruit. We judge fruit. We do not condemn people. We judge fruit. So let me get back to this. Our skeletal system holds us together, but in combination with our muscular system. Get this. He did not wrench the ball of his hip. He wrenched the socket of his hip. And that's why Israel does not eat the, the ligament that holds that joint together. Our pelvis and our hip socket is the core of our stability in our body. We have our psoas muscles, we have our abdomen, we have our um, sacroiliac muscles, we have all these muscles that attach to our hip and hold our stability. God touched him. He, he was the heel grabber, he met the, the feet washer. The feet washer touched his hip and he limped from there and he reminded him that you've been operating in your flesh, but I'm going to make you unstable in your flesh now, but strong in your spirit. You are not to operate in your flesh anymore. And the witness was he limped from that day on. Every time, yep, don't don't operate in your flesh, Jacob, Israel, change the name. Don't, don't operate in your flesh anymore. Don't do it in your flesh anymore because you're unstable in your flesh. A small thing can happen in your flesh yeah. that can just transform your yeah. whole life. We're meant to be strong, transformed from the inside out. It's a, I hope you get that revelation. I'm praying that I, I know I didn't do that justice, but I'm praying that the Holy Spirit yeah. speaks yeah. to each one of us today that we get a revelation about that. Awesome. So then he went That's on awesome. his way. He heads back. And um, he offers all this stuff to um, Esau. Esau says, I've got plenty of my own. Um, And he he didn't want to give it to him. But 
in the end, he said, I, I do not deserve your kindness, Father. I do not deserve everything that you've given me, but I have now become two companies. What was prophesied over him in the beginning, yeah. a small thing, a small word, had now turned into he was a wealthy man with not just one company that his father spoke of, but a double blessing. God's always about the double. Exceedingly, abundantly more than what we could ever dream, hope, or imagine. The little things in our lives can grow into big things. See, the Word of God says, don't even let the devil have a foothold. Like rock climbers can hang on a little foothold and just rest. They can just rest there, get their energy back up for the next move. Don't let the enemy even get a foothold. Don't operate in the flesh, because our flesh is unstable. Operate in the Spirit. Be led by the Spirit. It makes me think, like, talking about um, weak in the flesh, right? Because yeah. stuff can happen. Things can, things can change your, your situation in a, in a heartbeat. Yeah. Um, and, it, I mean, we could talk about last year, couldn't we? But um, I'm thinking of Boom, Papa. Um, our grandfather used to live on the property with, my, with our grandmother as well, uh, just in a little house up yeah. the front. Which is our comfort food house now. There you go. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, they were just about to celebrate their 60th, 60th wedding anniversary and uh, Grandma had a... a um, massive stroke. Yeah, a massive stroke. And it, it affected her completely. So she, she couldn't walk, um, talk, talk a little bit and, and she got a little bit better but basically she... She, she should have died. Be... Like I, I remember going wow. into hospital and I'm crying over Grandy and I'm saying goodbye to her and it was... It was horrible, you know, and, yeah. and they, the nurses and the doctors called her the miracle woman after that because they didn't think she would survive, did they, Dad? It was, do you remember how old... How long did Papa look after Grandy for? Four, four right. years at home. So he, he looked after... Yeah, so... They were in thinking, their 90s. I was thinking about his... Um, like, his, everything changed there for, for Papa because he had, then had, like, the love of his life. He's having to look after her... Carry her, bathe her, feed her, look everything. after everything. And I remember talking to him yeah. a little while after that. And, um, he, like, talk about everything changing in an instant. And, um, but he, he said, oh, I remember those years. That were, the, that were the best years of my life. I mean, like, that oh, far out, Papa. But talk about seeing things in a different way. Yeah. Like, looking for the... The gold and the precious gems in the little yeah. things, in, in little things yep. in our lives, in those around us. Look for the little things. That's, and, and that story of everything changing, yep. let's rely on the Spirit because the Holy Spirit is, God is wanting to tell each of us new stuff right now about little things. Yeah. Realigning our, our thought processes, realigning our, our perspective on what's important in our lives, what's really important. Mm. You could easily say to Papa, man, that were the tough years of your life because looking at it on this side of things, that's what I thought. But he said that were the best years of my life. And he, this is a guy who, who lived on the end of the shovel for most of his life <laughs> yeah. and he, his body was tough. And he, he'd even say, like I talked to him and he'd say, oh, I didn't sleep much last night. I'm like, oh, is that are you okay? Pain, goes, yeah, because yeah. yeah, he's in pain, soreness. He's had pain in his shoulders and knees and everything. He goes, no, no, I just, if I can't sleep, I'll just sing. I just praise God, just praise God all night. And, and he's not the kind of guy, right? This is not the kind of guy that would be like, yeah, check this out. I did this or I did that. No. This, is, this is a personal walk People with didn't God. Know. He, he would just, that, that blows me away that 
that we can take the, the moments where things are toughest yeah. and most difficult in our lives and they can be churn, turned around just by a little decision to praise God, a little decision to worship God, a little decision to go, yeah. you know what, God, in this moment right here, I, I'm not going to just let my body or the way I'm thinking control me or rule me mm. or get a foothold in my life. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to follow your kingdom's principles and I'm just, I'm just going to surrender to you, God, and be obedient. Mm. Obedience can seem like a little thing, but, but it's a big thing. Mm. Um, so I'm amazed that your life can be turned around just by a little decision. Yeah. His and, life was. And I said this in the first one, your biggest, some of your biggest breakthroughs and the most profound um, times that God will speak to you will be in the most inconvenient times in your life. Yeah. They'll be in the, in the struggles, in the trials, in the stress of life. They can be the biggest lessons and the most powerful lessons that we learn. I know personally I have. Yeah, yeah it, right. Like through stupid decisions, but also through just things that have happened in life. If I <laughs> embittered my heart towards something, there would have been a different turnaround. Yeah. And I remember when I first hurt my back and, and people say, I don't know why you're not getting healed. And it says, and I, I would say, and, and like when I first hurt my back, I, it was horrific. I looked terrible. Like just to get all my back all seized up. I'd, I'd be walking around like this. I was 24, 25 years old and I was just walking around like this. My back was all twisted up and I had people crying talking to me. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I don't mean, I don't mean to be this pitiful. Um, <laughs> But I just kept saying, I read Job like about 20 times because yeah. I wanted to know what I can get out of this season of my life. And I kept oh, saying, God, I don't want to be here, but whatever you need to teach me in this season, teach it to me because I don't want to come this way again. I want to learn everything I can and suck the juice out of yes. this moment yes. and, and out of it, at this thing. And if I'd, if I'd embittered myself, I would have missed it. I would have missed it. Wow. I, I'm so glad that we've got the Holy Spirit to speak to us to say, hey, change your attitude. Yeah. And, and you know, the whole, you, you know, like, mm-hmm, or that, or when you get that, from the Holy Spirit, I'm like, oh, no, I went too far, you know. <laughs> yeah. Or there's a way out. Yeah. You don't need to do that. Yeah. There's a way out. Yep. There's a way out. And don't take the easy way out. No. Because so many times we want to be done with the season before the season is done with us. Yep. We want to escape the season and get out of the season. And God says, no, I need to work a miracle in your life. Ooh. I need to get you to change your perspective. Oh. I need you to have some reliance on me instead of just you going, why God haven't you? Why God has this? Why God isn't this? And he just wants you to, to come to him as, as a daughter, as a son, and just say, God, I love you. Even though I'm in this season, I am going to look for what you have for me. Yeah. I'm going to get the, the gold, silver, and precious stones Amen. out of this season. Amen. Even though it may look like a manure heap, there's something buried in here that God yeah. wants to fertilize my life with. So in Matthew 10, um, it says, You can buy two sparrows for only one copper coin. Yep. Yet even one, not even one sparrow falls from its nest without the knowledge of your father. That's the father in heaven. Aren't you worth much more to yeah. God than many sparrows? So don't worry, for your father cares deeply about even the smallest detail of yeah. your life. God, God knows every element of your life, every aspect, every hair on your head. And, and he, knows, he knows what you need more than you need. Just, you know yourself. Isn't that amazing? So we need to hear more of this. Yeah. 
the little things are important. Um, and, and it's not that you're special. You are special to God. But if, if you look at our pastors and think, oh, you know, they're special, you know, God's bless them. It's not because of that. It's just because of an obedience to follow God's word. Same as my, my papa. It was an obedience for him following God's mm-hmm. word that presented yep. um, a change in his perspective um, that presented a change in his life. Yeah. So we all have that opportunity. You do right now. Tomorrow, the next day, you have an opportunity to, to refresh your thinking, to remind yourself of the little things and, and to see God change your perspective and change your life. Yeah, yeah. Wow. It's so true. Like I'm, I'm really expectant this year. Yes. Because if God's talking about the little things, uh-huh. that's what Jesus talked about. Yeah. So he's reminding us we're getting back to like grassroots level stuff of breakthrough. This is Jesus' first sermon where he, he taught for Matthew 5, 6, and 7. We're going to be going through this year. Because the, the little things, it's if gold. you do these it's little gold. things, if you hear these little things and are obedient to these little no, things, op- you'll be yeah, like a wise person that builds on open a rock on, and your Spirit. life will not be shaken. <laughs> even when the storms I come, like the hurricanes yeah, come, when everything blows, you'll be on bedrock. Oh, got dust coming off I know this. <laughs> this Bible is now got a like a Hascam <laughs> rating because I do not know what it was made out of. I bought it in Malaysia because I I didn't want to. I had it took a little bag with me and I went to a conference in Malaysia and I bought this Bible and it was bonded leather. I think not. <laughs> um, and it's now some fibrous stuff is coming up, but I've got so much good stuff highlighted and I know where things are and yeah. I love my Bible. Uh, is that good? God speaking here. Just in Matthew um, six, there praying. Take opportunities to pray, and not just request things of God. Take opportunities to talk to Dad. Ask him. Ask him some good questions. Father, who did you make me to be? Father, what, what's my calling in life? What, what am I here for? What are my giftings? What have you anointed me to do? What grace have you put on my life that I can show you to other people? Father, what do you think of me? You know, when I've asked those questions, he always gives me some profound and resounding responses yeah. that I just go, I'm not worthy of those things that you think about me because I know who I am. And he goes, no, 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 no. You don't know who you are. See, we hear he knows the number of hairs on our head. Now, don't make any jokes about me. But we don't even know how many hairs are on our head. What it's saying is that he knows significant, profound things about us. We just see it as a hairstyle. He sees it as individual hairs. We see it as an issue in our life. He sees it as the, the soil for a breakthrough. That's right. Do you want to pray? Yeah. Um, Let's lean into the Spirit right now because I can feel the Holy Spirit here right now. I can feel the presence of God just wanting to speak to people. Yeah. Mm. Thank you, Hallelujah. Holy Spirit. Father, thank you for your Word. Yeah. It's a, a light to our path. It's a lamp for our feet. It's a way we can make our way through this, this world and and... 
You're so good, God. We, we love your ways. We love your ways. Father, continue to show us the little things. We, we are hungry for your little things. We want to come to your banquet table and feast on the, on the wisdom that you have and the little things. Remind us tomorrow the little things, Holy Spirit. You're important to us, Holy Spirit. I just encourage you tomorrow, just remember to take a moment to listen to the little things through, throughout your day. Listen for God teaching you about the little things. He's going to. Thank you, Father. Yeah, thank God, you. God, I speak a blessing yes. of, of your little things over each of us, Father. A revelation of the little things throughout this week. Let us see them. Our eyes be open, our ears be open. Thank you so much for what you're going to show us, God. Mm. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your care. Thank you for your mercy over us. You are beautiful. God thinks you're beautiful. Mm. God cares about you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. <laughs> Thank you, Father. Now, don't forget to take your hankies with you everywhere you go. If, if you're believing for a child, slip it under their pillow at night. They sleep on it. Take it with you to remind you of the anointing and promises of God. Yeah. And start expecting. You, you might want, hey, I want this done like this. Start expecting little things. Yeah. Start ex expecting little things. And if you don't see those little things, thank Him for them anyway. Yeah, come on. Thank Him for them anyway. Because I've realized that every time I've asked God for something and then I've thanked Him for it and kept thanking Him for it, He's done some incredible things in the last year that I've just gone, God, you're showing me a key here that I'm, I'm missing. What is it? And He said, gratitude, thanksgiving. Don't worry about anything, but in everything, through prayer, with petitions and thanksgiving, make your requests known to God. And the peace, the peace, the harmony, the shalom of God. This is such a huge word, shalom. The shalom of God will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. May the meditation of my heart and the words of my mouth will come out of my head. I think thoughts and I'm eh. May the meditation of my heart and the words of my mouth be acceptable to God. Thanks for joining today. If you'd like to know more about service times or simply want to find out more about church, head to our website, riveredgechurch.com.au.